Ryan Stanton here with ASAP Frontline here at ASAP 17, talking with my new friends from EM Over Easy. I learned about them up in Columbus, Ohio, when I was up there for their Ohio ASAP conference, where we did a little bit of um, social media type stuff and learned about them, heard about them. They were recording actually that morning, and I wanted to get them in there, but that didn't happen. So what we decided to do was meet up here in Washington, D.C., because that's not anywhere near where any of us live. But we all are here, and so these uh, gentlemen, uh, Andy Little, Dr. Andy Little, uh, Tanner Gronowski, as well as uh, Drew Kelnow, which is Hellno with a K, Kelno. So Hellno with a K. So all three physicians in the Columbus, Ohio, um, Columbus, Ohio area, you guys met at a conference. You went to residency together. Now you're still in that uh, area together in the midst of the Ohio State. I'm not sure if you guys are fired up about that or not but all I know is that when it's there then that's all I ever hear about and I'm getting two yeses and one no but but we are um, so let's talk about first let's get a little bit of a summary and I'll, I'll pass it through all three of you about this EM over easy experience which is medical medical education podcasting and discussions that often involve eggs and bacon yeah, eggs and bacon always, because we try to do this at a diner, although we're sitting at ASAP right now. But this was Andy's brainchild, I think is what it was, and we all agreed to do it. But a lighter side of emergency medicine. It, we're not uh, hardcore clinical content on our podcast, but trying to talk about all those other things to get you through a shift that matter, whether it's uh, wellness, being a f- efficient, uh, bouncing back from a bad situation, just a discussion on, on how to be better docs from a non-clinical standpoint. I don't know what I want to say right now. <laughs> yeah, you got something? So this kind of started, like like Drew said, it was, a, it was kind of a group think. Uh, the thing that I love most about it is this was something we were already doing. We were already meeting for breakfast after night shifts. It was kind of our... Uh, packed with each other to stay, um, stay close friends despite the, the, the crazy shifts of residency and the scheduling. The, this just kind of naturally started and it was very organic that way that we were already kind of talking about this stuff um, on, a, on a micro level. And then when I, w- I went to a course and decided to do a podcast, we just kind of felt like we had a curriculum kind of already in, built in place to where the episodes come pretty easy. These are all things we feel pretty comfortable talking about and things that we think that aren't currently covered in other mediums. So... It's actually been really fun because we have started this from scratch, having no idea what we're doing, and basically have made every mistake in the book along the way and learned a lot about it. Some days Andy just shows up with new equipment. Other days uh, we can't actually record anything because we just make fun of each other the whole time. And it's been, it's been a fun time. We call it beer breakfast. <laughs> After the night shift is where we go, and it's only a problem if it's when you do it when you wake up. So if you have beer with breakfast, as long as you work the night shift, it's actually Miller time, and that's okay. And so we do that with our staff. And that's interesting because some of the best conversations I've ever had with my staff, you know, with the nurses and techs and folks, we go to breakfast and chit-chat about things and um, decompress from a difficult, many times a difficult night shift. Also, night night shift folks tend to have some of that um you know, there tends to be an, an interesting club. It may be like a fight club, but it's a club where you have this night shift, you're in the struggle together, you're fighting together, and going and relaxing over a little bit of breakfast and plus or minus a little bit of uh, cold brew is is pretty awesome. And so we're, what we wanted to talk about, and we had talked about uh, mentioning this as well, is the whole idea behind when you have that crappy dumpster fire shift, that moment, how do we 
And right now, one of you guys is, well, one and a half of you guys is sitting in one of the wellness chairs that we stole from the wellness uh, area over there. And apparently that makes them very angry. But because they're for wellness, they're not, uh, they don't want to actually challenge us on it and take it back, which is okay. But they... Um, but, you know, wellness has become a huge thing. With the last two presidents of ASEP, they have very much joined, really starting before, but Jay Kaplan was the one that really kind of started pushing the whole idea of physician wellness and, and health and longevity and recovery. And you guys say you've been talking about, and Andrew's going to have, and Andy's going to have a talk about some of that recovery, but you guys have been talking about on, on your podcast. Let's talk a little bit about that recovering from a crappy ship, because all of us have it. Every once in a while, you just feel like the world has just come up with its steel-toed boots and kicked you, kicked you square in the junk. Absolutely. And, and one of the things that we do and the whole reason the podcast started was to have that community, to have somebody you can talk to after your bad shift that you can sit down at a table with, whether it's a, a beer, a Bloody Mary, glass of water for Andy, um, and hash out what happened. But do it as a team. Do it as a group. Do it as, a, as your EM family because you're sharing that bad day with somebody else. And that's a huge step in recovery is when you can just have someone else to commiserate with, be miserable with for a little bit, and then leave a nice meal or a good conversation or even if it's in the hallway and, and feel better about what happened because you know that you're on a team with somebody and you guys are going to rock it the next day no matter what the situation was. Yeah, I think one of the big things we've found is that acknowledging that you had a bad shift or a bad encounter or a bad consultant and, and realizing that and being able to recognize that you are going to struggle for the next little bit so that when that happens, you can go to your, your core processes that you go through to cope with those types of things. Uh, Drew often says clearing the mechanism, finding a way to reset yourself, process through these things uh, appropriately so that you don't carry these from shift to shift to shift. It's you have it, you deal with it, process it appropriately and healthily, and then move on. And, and to add to that, it, to me, it, it goes up with uh, the saying that I love, which is the you have to increase the beauty to death ratio. Um, and, and we see a lot of death where we work and a lot of destruction and things that are bad. And you have to find a way to kind of kickstart finding the beauty in life. And for us, what we do with the podcast starts that and encourages us to go do other things. So, What I find is when you have these conversations in the morning, you go to your breakfast, your eatery, you sit down, you got your full plate of uh, flapjacks and grits and whatnot. And you're sitting there and and the conversation typically starts with the night you know what's happened or whatever shift it was talking about the patients and the situations and the things that have happened and as you move forward it's almost like a therapy session you kind of then start spinning off into other things and eventually by the end you're laughing having a great time talking about how you know one particular person can't drive worth a dang and you know always wrecks their car and um, and other stuff that's going on and you know and just it, you get you come out and it, it is it, that Ability, and I think a lot of times what we've done in the past in emergency medicine that has harmed us is we internalize so much and don't talk about it. And one of the best things that happens is just getting it off your chest, knowing that somebody else knows about it, knows how you feel, knows the, that it, you struggled with it, you had hard decisions. And then the best thing, the, one of the best things in, human, in the human condition is knowing that others shared that experience and know where you're coming from and know what you feel. And that helps work towards it. And we all know that in emergency medicine, a significant number of our doctors, PAs, nurse practitioners, nurses, everybody um, suffer from PTSD, qualify as PTSD. I saw one number that was 16%. I saw one that was 60%. Either way, the number is huge. The number of folks that walk around every day with, with difficulties and thoughts and, 
I still remember the first two years of practice as an attending every night. You know, you'd go to work during the day and at night you would dream about work. And so basically you were working 24 seven, 365 because you'd sleep and dream about work and then you'd wake up and go to work and, and do all those things. So what are some of the strategies as you know, you're talking to new docs that are getting out there that are coming out and you know, we're trying to figure out your place in the world. You're still struggling. You're nervous. You walk into that first shift and realize you're the emergency doctor. Many facilities where you may be the only doctor in house overnight. How do you deal with and manage that that aspect of, of that those difficulties, the struggles that we're going to have, those bad shifts that we're going to have? If you had a resident or a student sitting right in front of you right now, what what's the information you would give them? So. For me, it's you got to realize that it's okay to take a step away. Um, I think we forget that even though if you're in that kind of situation, no emergency department's really going to miss you for 10 minutes. So get up, go for a walk, whether it's to your physician dining room or whether it's to just a location in the hospital where you feel at ease, where you can get with your own thoughts. Go out to the ambulance bay. Um, one of my favorites is go out to the ambulance bay and, and kind of yell at the wind. Um, or just make a phone call to a family member, somebody, a reassurance that you're still valued, that what you're doing is right. Um, and then it's just, there's some other steps from there, but the first thing I think is to walk away. I, I think one of the biggest challenges is we have a stigma with ourselves that we're not allowed to be emotional and to feel that we feel like we have to have that brick wall. No matter what happens, we're going to be the same person, manage the situation exactly the same and not let it affect us. And one of my advice is it, it, it's okay to feel. It's okay to get connected to the situation, touch um, be touched by a family situation, a patient scenario, and get a little bit emotional as long as you have a mechanism that when you're done with that clinical scenario or that patient encounter, that you can process it quickly and move on to the next encounter. So don't, don't bottle up your emotions because they'll explode at some point. You got to feel and, and process while you're doing it. And it allows you to clear the mechanism, as, as I've said a lot recently on some episodes, to see that next patient and treat them well. I think we kind of touched on it already a little bit, but being able to talk it out and, and, and interact with other people that are you're working with, whether it is another physician, uh, APP, staff, anyone in the ER that understands kind of what you're going through is, is a really, really big asset for you. Um, because sometimes you have that code, you have that sick, sick patient, something doesn't go well. You have to take a step away for a little bit, but when you come back, you really still want to be able to talk about it. You want to be able to voice some feelings and, and kind of debrief on that. And, and that's where these debriefs are, are starting to poke their head up a lot is it's giving us an opportunity to talk and interact with each other on a level that we hadn't previously done in the past. I think one of the big struggles you have when you're having one of these very difficult shifts is not carrying that into that next room. You know, even though it's a difficult shift for you and for your staff, you can't take that out on that next patient. You know, they don't know that. You know, to them, they're an N of one. You know, they're, they're there for their issues, their concerns. And though I think sometimes they can grasp the environment of the emergency department, understand that something bad is happening, that somebody's very sick, that somebody's passed away, that somebody's kind of in that brink of, of a very difficult, life-changing situation. And for many of our patients, it's not going to be that. But it's a, it's a real struggle to not carry that into that next room and to walk in with that smile on your face, that friendly greeting and understanding that that's that person. How do I keep, how do I make sure that when I walk into that room that it's all about that patient and not that other situation that's, that could be drilling into your brain of what I could have done differently or what did I do, um, could we have made a difference? And, you know, that natural part 
where we are human and we connect with other humans and difficult situations may pull at us and gnaw at us, but we have that other patient that's sitting there right in front of us that has a need. One of the things I do with patients is I actually acknowledge them that I just had a really sick patient. And, and it's okay. Hey, I had somebody that was needed a lot of attention. I'm sorry it took me a few more minutes to get in here than I would have liked or everything's moving a little slower. And it's not that I'm apologizing for what's going to happen because I'm going to treat that person the best I can without, without any concern about the situation that just happened. But it's a little bit of apologizing for what has already happened, the, the slowness, the tardiness, the fact that we're busy. And, and it's okay to let other people know that something bad happened or the department's busy, things are a little out of hand, because I think they get it. And as long as they know that you're going to treat them with the proper care and attention moving forward, I've yet to have a patient really turn sour on me because of that. I think they actually appreciate the honesty. Yeah, for me, it is reminding myself that even though I just spent an hour and a half in a critical patient room, I get out, I know the department's a complete mess. My instant gut reaction is to go and see as many patients as, pos as possible, process through as many of that, the, those issues that I need, I know are sitting there waiting for me. I remind myself that it's okay just to slow down. And every patient for the next 10, 20 minutes, when I go in that room, sit down, actually have a conversation with them, force that longer interaction than what you are typically used to doing, because that will kind of reset your mode and your and your time frame, uh, or mind, I, uh, yeah. Yeah, reset the mind. Yeah, reset the time frame mind thing. Clear the mechanism. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> to kind of speak to that, um, one thing I do is we've talked about it before on, on the show is uh, I, I make a deal with myself that I'll deal with it later. And I think that that allows me to kind of put it on a shelf for a short period of time. But I, I truly make a deal that I'm going to go take care of the next patient and then I'm going to go take some time. Because to me, that allows me to, you know, get back into the swing of things, but then also promise myself that I'll go deal with this because we need, you need to find a way to deal with it. But by doing that, it doesn't make this big absence to where I don't have the ability to kind of get back in the scheme of things. But again, make a deal with yourself that you'll take care of it later. I think we could rename the podcast uh, Three Guys in Two Chairs <laughs> and talk about how at ASAP 17, we got you. <laughs> wedged in between and, and it's very comfortable it's very i'm sure it's very comfortable exactly. considering quite nice considering <laughs> one is padded one is not and poor tanner's half cheek in each i'm gonna tell you right now that the uh the right cheek is feeling a lot better than the left one clearly the right cheek is on the padded <laughs> it's on the padded and poor andy's over there with andy's the sitting next to me Oh, Andy's sitting next to you, and Andy's got a decubitus now from that hard plastic <laughs> chair that he's been dealing with. So let's do some of the let's wrap up with some of those uh, take-home points. You guys have done a couple of podcasts yourself on this very topic on dealing with that terrible, bad, hideous shift, which we will all face. If you're a resident or you're a student out there and you haven't had that, you will eventually have that complete dumpster fire, slow-burning tire fire shift that is just going to wreck you and make you kind of. Uh, apprehensive the next time you pull up in the parking lot so let's get a few more let's get a, uh, some take-home points for the folks out there listening for that crappy shift from the gentleman at em over easy yeah the, the take-home point for me is something we've already talked about but figure out what it is for you and it's different for everybody how you just clear the mechanism 
reset yourself after a bad situation, a bad encounter, so you can get back to baseline for yourself. Sometimes that's a, a walk to the PDR, you get a cup of coffee, walk out in the ambulance bay. I had a junkie situation the other day with a pediatric code, and I spent three minutes and FaceTime my family just to make sure my kids were okay, but that allowed me just to reset, get back to my, my baseline so I could take care of the, the next patient. Um, my key points would be just make sure that it that you realize it's okay to feel and make That's sure my point it's okay <laughs> my <laughs> yeah, he's gonna hate editing this now yeah so my my key point would have been make sure that you realize you can feel and when you do open up and start to feel again talk it out with somebody who's willing to listen you want somebody there that can actually hear and listen to you whether they know, they know anything about medicine or not Someone that can be, just be your ear, your shoulder to cry on, someone just to give you a big hug afterwards. Those, those people are really key in your life. And for me, it's the idea that you, to take care of people efficiently, you have to take care of yourself. So after this bad shift's over, find a way to kind of clear the mechanism, as Drew would say, and then increase your beauty to death ratio. Find things outside of work that make it to where work is bearable again. Um, and as you work on that, it, it, it won't be as hard. That's... Uh it is true. You mentioned that you, that you got to take care of yourself, take care of others, because there is the research out there that shows that if you are carrying a lot of baggage and you don't manage it, then you're the care to your patients will suffer. Um, so you do need to make sure that you deal with it. So this is more information, EM over easy. How do we get in touch with the podcast and get more information from you guys? And um, you got some uh, information or access on the social web. So we're on Twitter at, at EMOvereasy. Uh, we're also at, at www.emovereasy.com and then Facebook slash EMOvereasy. We're very, very easily and approachable. Follow us on Facebook and on Twitter, and uh, you'll see all of our stuff. All right, great guys out of Columbus, Ohio. So just about two hours from me down there in the Lexington, Kentucky, Dr. Andy Little, Dr. Tanner Granowski, and uh, Dr. Drew Kelnow uh, with me from EM Over Easy. So check that out, another uh, great podcast, one that you can listen to while you're sitting there having your um, bacon and eggs for over uh, breakfast and help you with a little bit of that oh crappy shift, kick in the box uh, uh, catharsis that you're going to need after a couple of those shifts, gentlemen. Thank you very much uh, for joining us here on ASAP Frontline, and hopefully we'll get you get you um, some action here for a lot of those emergency physicians around the country that can um, that can use a little bit of a little bit of downtime in the morning to to start dealing with those challenges that they have. And as for me, you can contact me youreverydaymedicine at gmail.com at everydaymed on Twitter, and then of course making sure that you're um, that you're signed up for the podcast either via SoundCloud or iTunes to make sure that you're getting the weekly releases that we have here from ASAP Frontline. And until next time, I am Dr. Ryan Stanton, and this is ASAP Frontline. Mm-hmm.